Hey there, everybody, and welcome. This is Dr. Tavo D.R.C., Pastor Overseer of the DFW Leader Online Ministry Fellowship. We've been online before COVID. We've been online since 2015 when the Lord just said to separate from the masses down, gathered in Christian ministry that were now into Phariseeism, some a lot more into wealth than I'd ever imagined, or this super spiritual performance and covering and smothering and mothering and all these different things, playing politics, trying to, you know, buck to, you know, for favor to get ahead and ministry and showbiz, you name it. Also, people that were just not even respectful to normal people. And I am respectful, whether I'm in a church, out of a church, 24-7. I was raised that way, and I always think of as a hero role model as my father, who was a six-foot-tall, quiet, but mighty presence in my life because he was not a whelp. That means a shepherd or Levitical Levite, you know, trying to control people. He wasn't a biased bigot, not a racial bone of prejudice in his body or anybody else. He respected all women. My mother, who is a capable, strong, great Bible teacher and his lifelong mate, partner, and then he respected me and my sister, his mother, her mother, and everybody else. So when I look back, I think, what is being a Christian? What is being called by God? It's a servant leader. To be dressed down, dress up, whatever your call is, mine is dressed down, basically. And it's to be available, to be sent, to be just, you know, one day at a time, natural, approachable, and yet not going to be governmentally, legalistically dominated or put under by the system of any kind, any Christian system, as in, you know, the former fellowship. So the COVID has been a purging. The COVID is a purging for all of us, but also for ministry. What I saw before I left the big metroplex where I had lived, trying to find community, trying to find wholesomeness, trying to find connection in a family way, which was completely unavailable. Uh, and as a divorced person who never thought they'd ever be divorced, I was committed for life and I had to be forced to be divorced. And I, I didn't believe it because he'd had a big, uh, traumatic acts, you know, thing happening at a quadruple bypass and it really affected his, you know, persona outlook. And so I was notified one day after 32 years, and there had been some issues like violence and things, but I thought that was over. I thought God had worked, you know, could work it out. And I got a call, and it was like, I'm going to divorce you. It was like, I'm going to divorce you. I said, oh, I don't want to be divorced, because I, I thought this too shall pass. And so I I said, you know, he said, well, I'll serve you pa papers. I said, well, I won't sign them. He says, well, I'll serve you. And sure enough... One night when I was coming home in Plano, probably the most horrible time of my life, I came home one night at 11 and a server was hiding in the bushes in the dark and jumped out at me and said, here, Ms. D'Arcy, here's your papers. I was so, it was like a spirit from hell. Some kind of depression, horrible grief came on me and stayed with me until the Lord, and I moved, then I moved out of Plano to get away from the Plano lack of spiritual, you know, the climate in Plano of the spirit realm is horrible and occult and ever-present. So then I moved to Murphy and I had a house and I was there with God 
set up online, had a music studio, tried to start teaching, could not find connection. And I just really went on to God. One thing I did, I enjoyed, was getting in with God online. And this is probably 2008, 9, 10, 11. And then I would just hear God, and I tried tell El, you know area tv it just didn't work it was too complex at that time and i did get some songs from the lord which are now up on celebration of his word music.com but it was mostly a recovery and knowing how god could use his word and his power his love in solitude i used to think in the spiritual sense of the atmosphere of the lack of love the lack of the fire of fear of the Lord and the dry land and the spirit of the Christian ministries. It's not a, you know, one size fits all, everybody be under us type stuff, running here and there, fast paced, always checking their watch, looking for pay. And I wasn't like that, but I was sent to note what God sees in certain places. So I would go online and one thing I did do, which I really felt was God, I was trying to have like a one-person, one-to-one with God online revival, inner revival. And I would do it with worship, and I had quite a few, and and people started to really, you know, read my blogs and stuff, but and get in with the music. So I thought now, I felt like after being up in the safe place, this is a safe place, a different kind of spiritual realm, because the Christian church is really more pious and more... I don't know, more anointed because they're into community, into really loving the Lord as a first love lampstand lifestyle in general, in the basic spirit-filled sense. <clears throat> and I can feel such a an ease, and I really felt like I need to get back online when the Lord sends me, when He wants me somewhere, and get on there with worship on online fellowship and do one-to-one -one revival. Because it's one-to-one, -one, we're born everybody everybody no matter what your color your nation one by one we grow up with our own experiences and backgrounds and backdrop one by one we can choose to accept the lord and make him lord of our life and savior or not one by one we eventually go through the process of life but we lay down and die one by one and we wake up on the other side in eternity forever no days off no media no friendships if if we go to the wrong place so we want to be ready for eternity and let all the people we know to be fdr final day ready because we want them to wake up after they lie down everybody's going to lie down one day sooner or later and you better make sure that you're ready sooner just in case because what goes on in this world and then you wake up you close your eyes you wake up and there you are either either in a black hellish hell fire suffering torment completely black isolated nobody there not your mama you can't get to anybody and you're stuck forever weeping and gnashing of teeth but then the other choice is you've prepared you've made jesus your savior and your lord and you really are hungry for him and you wake up and all of a sudden it's like oh my heavens this is like a birthday party. It's like back to when Eden was there. It's organic. There's no, there's only a future of joy and laughter and fellowship and people and God being with God himself. So, I mean, there's amazing things.
and we've just touched when we go to church some churches you can even touch a bit of this eternal glory here and there a little deposit to remind you how wonderful it's going to be so we want to be ready so I'm talking about the, to the body of Christ here and I think you know a lot of ministries from what I saw pre-COVID not up here not as much up here if it, you know right now but I I really felt that what I saw, the plastic ministry chasing after fame, chasing after people, chasing after money, sometimes chasing after men, women, I think they're not prepared. You're not prepared to meet your maker. Too many people, I mean, when you meet, because I'm not famous, I was embedded in the grassroots for a long, slow time where you meet the real deal and you meet trouble or nice people and you know who's not who and you know who is who and you know who wants to be famous who just because you're there you don't plan it you can't make this happen this is a god thing so i'd been in, always in the grassroots right now i had to come away from the shallow but also really immature super you know just i have to get be careful who i surround myself with because a lot of people have envy problems big jealousy big curious demand to know but they're not your they they have a big gift and are called equally but they're not in your experience level they have not been seasoned or called like you've been called and it can be very much trouble a trial to be with certain kinds of believers which i found a lot toward the end in dallas <laughs> i love god's people i love to have the lord show me what he does in all the different kinds of christian groups that's been my ministry but right now I'm saying a lot of the pastors, a lot of these immature wannabes, a lot of these non-servant ministries, my four, no more, me-centric, we're going to have it our way, pretty tough, you know, we've done it this way all our lives, you know, we are the world, we are right, all those kind of ministries, man, you're out there in great, plenteous all around America, but in Dallas alone, it was probably the most dense population I've ever experienced. And I'll call it a culture of red state country that grew up there and is now maybe 50s, 30s to 80s, you know. And some are really decent people, but the culture itself is crude. It's also celebrity. It looks like everybody else's, you know, they've taught read all the books by famous people they're under all the people they believe in shepherding covering many they're the whelp the non-whelp but there's also a basic collectivity of greed like love of money and that's what i that's what i i'm not part of that i i'm not i'm out of that and i know if you can't come up real poor and now you've known how to make, use your faith or whatever to get wealth then that could be your god or you could slide into being dependent upon always wanting more money so I was not raised poor. I, I sound, I'm not self-righteous. I'm not accusing. I'm assessing a culture. This is a huge culture that the famous and the non-famous don't know maybe exist. But if you're a stranger, an alien, a newbie, a person from another land, a, a minister not like that, maybe an import from a blue state that's fleeing that culture of, you know, shutdown, that's a liberal, that's a that is a foreign religion you know all these people have different backgrounds every day and you come down to this culture this big business culture this is jesus let me sell you something let me rip you off let me take your money and not be loving treat you with disrespect and you're going to find people that are very 
ready. The new people like that, liberals especially, are really looking for that. And they already think a Christian's nasty because of media bias. So I'm just trying to throw all this out and create a firestorm, not of hate, but of the opposite of self-introspection in the Christian. Because I'll be honest, when I left in 2019, I had given been given in 2019 September a word from the Lord, which I posted and it said, I turned to the Lord one day and he said, turn to Acts 2. So I know Acts 2, that's the rush of a mighty wind, the, you know, the filling of the Holy Spirit on the 120, the upper room. So I turned to that expecting God to speak like that. Instead, when I read the word about the the rush of a mighty wind, it turned into the word flush. And the Lord said, there's coming a flush of ministry because of character. It needs to have God's character, not be a bunch of characters spitting on the little fan in the flame to suck up to the big, whatever it is, type of ministry, canned ministry. So I was concerned all along, very troubled my whole time I was there, because in my whole life as a minister, in ministry, having a pastor and parents who were ministers at grassroots level only, unsung, I'd been around quality. I'd been around servant leadership. I'd been around things that were were noble. I'd been around things that were pure-hearted. I didn't, I didn't know about self-seeking as a Christian. I didn't know about ego. Now, later in Central Virginia, certain doctrines did come in with after TV ministry started making it big, and those things were the opposite, the whelp and Phariseeism and things I just... You can't avoid in a small town feel of an area, legalism, other people watching, keeping consumed with the detail, who's over who, who's in a church, who's not out of church. And see, I come from the MYOB state of, you know, all my life just being a Christian. All right. It's not my business. Everybody needs to hear God. I'll say, yeah, they don't go to church, but I wonder why. Do they get hurt? Uh, are they that evil if they skip church or don't go? And then I found out why, because of that negativity. And so I'm working on that with my teaching. And I've been delivered from fear of people, people pleasing. I used to have it back then because of my age and because I'd always been trained to read the situation, read people, God's people, and discern the boundaries every time, respect the boundaries, and you don't know it all, and you're on their turf, you abide, and you get out, then you'll be on your own turf with your own mantle. I still do that. But I didn't realize that within doctrines, because see, I was not raised charismatic, or, or in, I was Baptist, which is so great, I'm so glad I did, you know, to have that as a filter. I didn't know that there were certain doctrines that charismatics, prophetic, and, and spirit-filled people have, such as shepherding. I didn't know they did. A, they were into who's who, who's over who, who wants to be who. I didn't know that till I got into it. And so, therefore, that's a mixture of Holy Spirit good stuff, really good stuff, the power of God, the fear of the Lord in certain groups. And then you have the whatever the old traditions, machinations, keeping up with the other Joneses in their group. So I teach discernment. I submit it as a Selah comment for all to pause and think and hear God about and reflect. Only if a shoe fits should anyone wear it, male or female. And then I don't despise humble beginnings. I've had humble beginnings and I still have them for all my life. It's been, you know, really humbling and 
not up there in the circus, which I'm grateful. I mean, just one day at a time, like most of you, many of you, a lot of you in ministry. Because we're not here to please other ministers or Christians. We're here to please God, and it is take up your cross daily. If anything, my life, which I didn't know it, I'm a missionary on the front lines of America, sent to the different people groups when the Lord wants, and to study the cultures of the different people groups, and other nations are more friendly than the I would call them the same old red state country. Let me define that. There's blue state and there's red state. Well, I'm talking not about really Republicans. People can be valid, nice, you know, not all Republicans are red state country or controlling or backbiting or MTC, mentally tough customers. And surely there are blue states that are like that. But when I was in the Deep South transported on a Daniel type, prophetic journey to cross into cultures of ministry I had never ever witnessed or wanted to see, including vulture culture sometimes, user culture, uh, anti-female warfare like I'd never seen ever in my life, not under my dad, not where I'd come from in the state of Virginia, and I don't find it right here in this state now, North and South Carolina, in ministry yet. I hope I don't. So I was seasoned, I was proven, I wasn't famous, and God wanted that, I guess, to embed me so that he could see what, I could see what people are like when you're not famous, and you really are called and sent, and chosen, and have an office. I didn't know until God downloaded that he really had called me, you know, because of shepherding. You could read Ode to Whelp at the top of onlinefellowship.us. That's the backbiting spirit, that what is what goes on the persecuting spirit against the non-whelp, which is in up and down the East Coast. I experienced it in Virginia, Phariseeism, legalism. It's everywhere that the move of the Spirit is moving in a big time and wants to move because it's to try to make people not want to go to church and not be near the Holy Spirit, not really trust the environment because they want the Lord, but they're scared to go because they don't think they're going to be respected or they'll be gossiped about or there's competition from the prophetic prowess that is into skill but not into servanthood so i got pretty untamed i'm untamed now but i always honor the fathers and mothers of every movement i honor my own father because i think of him right now as that peaceful loving servant leader he never spoke in tongues he didn't believe in it he had gone to seminary. They said they'd passed away with the apostles. But you know what? He laid his life down every day for my mother and our family, other people. And he also, I remember him, I'll make, get misty. He also, when my mother's mother moved in in her late 80s, she was sort of feeble, walked with a cane. And I remember him because she had an accident, you know, she couldn't always contain her body fluids. So I remember seeing him just quietly cleaning up after her. It wasn't his mother. He was just cleaning up after her in the hallway one day. And it was like, I'll be honest, that sticks in my mind. That he was a Jesus follower, a Jesus modeler on and off the stage. And that's what counts. So anyway, God is moving. And he is in a hurry for us to look like him. To be like him, even under pressure in ministry. So when I had the word of the Lord in 2019 about the coming flush, 
the flush of a mighty wind, his flush of ministries. Who'd have thought that COVID would take all the systems down, all the all of us out, and make us have to depend upon God and hear from them? You know, when I was in Dallas in 2005, when I first got there, I had seen Bishop T.D. Jakes' ministry on television. And for a while, I mean, I was in violence. I was in great, you know, great danger at times, emotionally getting just fizzled out before I left Virginia. And I had no family there, no muscle, no father, no brothers, you know. So it was like God and me. And so I'd turn on the Christian TV and I'd see Bishop Jakes. And he and Creflo Dollar, certain ones from African descent, really are sent to me at times because of their their strength, their energy in the spirit realm, their skill, their word, you know what I mean, at times. So back then it was one of those times, and even when it was time to leave to get out, because I'd called the police a couple of times, I'd, I'm not one to flee a battle or to flee to want to leave, but you have to do it if God is sending you and your health is online. My children were grown out of the house. So I heard the Lord say, get out, get out. And I talked to my family, my sister, mother, and all them, get out, they said. I had a dream of Bishop Jake saying, get out. I had all these different people that gave me, like board member types, get out. So I got out. And when I got out, I came down and was staying with my mother. This is 2004, early 2005. And so my sister's house, my mother lived with them and her family. And so one day I thought, you know, I need to go. And I set up my own apartment in Plano because we had a cousin who was a lawyer over there. And so that was when I first realized the spiritual warfare was the most big I've ever been in anywhere. That whatever that area is, what's not going on from the spiritual sense. So as a prophet, one of God's prophets, I was there. And so I thought, I'm going to go to Bishop Jake's church. I really want to go because, you know, I want to see, because I'd seen him so much on TV. So I was sent there a couple of times, and it was just a really far away. I was new in town. They didn't have GPS back then. They had MapQuest. You have to map everything. And I was, you know, it was tough. So I went over there, and when I first got there, it was this 105-degree day, and I was parking all these huge parking lots. And I looked, and it was a white, hot sky. And there's this big, white building and this giant population of African heritage moving slowly, somberly in the fear of the Lord. A very impressive sight. As I looked, it was quite a sight. So I go inside. They're very friendly. They're very multicultural. They're very down-to-earth and welcoming and smart. So I felt the love of God, I did, and the holy reverence of the Lord, which I was not used to in that, you know, coming... I was used to from the East Coast, but frankly, I never found it much in the non-diverse, white, you know, we-centric, global, non-global people groups back where I had been living, that area. So I went in there, and the Lord had me there, the reason I'm saying this, one of the reasons I was there, I happened to be in the audience that day when Bishop Jakes, who has like 18,000 back then, 18 or 19,000 in his church, he said, you know, God reveals the infrastructure. You have to have infrastructure to grow something big. And see, I was into growing this ministry, whatever it's supposed to be. 
And I had wondered, I thought, you know, had it not to be a bureaucracy, because I'd been visiting other fellowships, ministries, mega and micro, and I was noticing a system, a bureaucracy, which isn't fun. It's more like contrived plastic. Maybe it's to keep the money going, the people under control tightly. So I walked into Bishop Jakes's church, which is African-American, brown, but they had Hispanic, they had all sorts of colors, and they treated me with great respect. I felt at home. I felt they were mature emotionally and deep in the spirit at that time. So I went in and I was listening for what God wanted me to, you know, know and see and do there. And I, that was the thing I remember that he said, it has to be, if you have a, and he was talking about himself, it was not a bureaucracy, but he had to have order. So he had to go to God in a relationship to get the download of how to do it and not make it legalistic. That's my interpretation of his tongue. <laughs> and it was right. Back then in 2005, I went a few more times, took my son one time, and I was not sent there. I enjoyed myself, but I felt like they had their doctrinal act together. And they knew the fear of the Lord. And it was a quite a long distance with all the energy it took. And I had to, I was sent to a different area. And I, I loved it. But I was not supposed to be there. I went one time. Another time I went with my son, I believe. And it was the time they had... I knew Bishop Jakes was trying to be diverse. When I got there, it was so cute. They had on stage a country white, country rock style worship group and all the black african-american members were dressed up that day in their boot scoot boogie outfits doing a dance to the worship team and i laughed i thought he is going over bending over backwards to be multicultural and make everybody feel welcome so that touched my soul also before i left at the national i went i'll be honest to the frisco when the national day uh, in May, this past COVID year, no, yeah, I guess it was 2020, maybe it was 2019 because we couldn't get in in 20, but I went on the National Day of Prayer over to the Frisco uh, Potter's House because I needed to get in because it was the National Day of Prayer, and I was touched, frankly shocked. It had been so long where I felt deep Holy Spirit intercession, revelation, the anointing of deep, prophetic deep ministry that was deep anywhere in the area, in the region. Now, I know people are coming in. God is sending new movements. I'd also enjoyed the upper room uh, because they were pure. They were not rigid. I didn't feel whelp was there. I felt like they were not into covering. They were into all respect of all ages and sizes and colors, and I was so grateful, but then I had to leave. I knew I had to get out because I am not sent to be in the grassroots and and be and be mistreated, accused simply because people are immature, have never been where I've been. I have an I'm an I'm a chief apostle, not with anything but an off-scouring apostle. You know, Paul said that the apostles were the off-scouring of the world. That's me, and I'm happy in that. But people who are not deep, people who are not, you know, trained, or they're all sort of a followers in a template from the top of the movement, which is out in Dallas, pretty big, like I've never seen. It's like 
you, you join us, you're joining the corporation, you're coming over to be in the club, you're coming over to be in the flow, you're coming over to conform to only our movement. And so I don't really, you know, people don't have a revelation to maybe now that I'm, there are different people that are not in your flow that are valid, they're team community, you should treat them with respect equally. If they, you know, like I go to Bishop Jake's, that group gets it. I'm not like them, I love them, but I'm part of the team, on God's team for everybody in the community. People don't think like that, so I teach on it now. That's why I'm teaching on it. All right? So it's frustrating if you are not known and you're treated with demean, disrespect, distancing, bias, chauvinism, uh, only the males are valued in different groups. And that's big, too big out there. So I just, you know, I'm not into that. I teach now. So I'm Galatians 1, 1 and 2. Like Apostle Paul, it says, Apostle Paul who wrote about himself as the off-scouring of the world, frankly, and he was on his mission to the Gentiles, who were more uncouth than the Jews at that time, and he wrote about himself and all the offices. Every time in all his books, I studied it, all the letters are lowercase, not capital A, famous Paul, not capital P, famous prophet or pastor or preacher, but just a servant leader. That's reflected to me and how I want to do this ministry. I do it. Unsung or seen or unseen is fine. I I noticed that Paul also talks cap, no capital B for bishop. It's all lowercase. When Jesus Christ, the Messiah, talks against Phariseeism, big eyes and says, don't call in, let anyone call you master or rabbi. Don't say anybody's your spiritual father. Only say God is your father. He says, why? In a, one of the little teeny phrases nobody has ever mentioned, Matthew 23, we're all brothers. That confirms what Paul is saying, what I'm saying in Paul's approach. I, Paul, an apostle sent by Jesus Christ, not by any one man or any one group, not by anyone human. I and the brothers that are with me. Surely they're where their brothers, their sisters and mothers and aunts and, you know, so forth, fellowship. I and the brothers are with me, not I and the brothers who are under me. That's a, that's what he probably was warring against when he rebuked the Galatians and the leadership later in the chapters for being back under witchcraft control. So this is shepherding issue. Freedom versus law. So, by God's mercy, this has been re downloaded by the Holy Spirit. I hope it helps somebody. I think because of what I saw in microcosm, macrocosm, out in the deep southwest, of not being able to trust a, quote, presented Christian peer office that were not trustworthy after a while, had a title, knew all the Bible, could quote scripture backward and forward, read all the books by all the other people, but were really insincere and unloving, not genuine. I think that maybe the Apostle Paul role model is a helpful thing for the future right now. Not to be egos. This is a, if you're supposed to do it, servant leader style. And if you want help on that, if you want confirmation, you can contact me at dfwleader at gmail.com. I have a human's ministry, not a female ministry, I am not biased. I'm sent to the slacks wearers. I'm not biased against men. I'm for men to rise up, be the head of the home, head of the family, be the head of the whole ministry network if you want to be. I don't care. I'm just doing my part. Apostle, prophet, pastor Rod Parsley wrote about Deborah in his 
Reformation Bible to help me a few years back with this, get confidence in my call. He said, in the time of Deborah, when there was only two females mentioned, Deborah and Huldah, basically in the Bible, who were used like men to give the word of the Lord to the men, he said that when God looks around the nation of his people, and he can't find enough strong godly men, he'll just cause up, raise up the women. And here we are, a lot of us, many of us, not mean, not wanting to have to do this, just celebrating our freedom in Christ, but also saying, you know what, men? That's your challenge. You need to rise up and grow up and man up some of you, human up, and be the office and the noble Berean and the important person God has called you to be, not just who your mama says you are, but who God says you are. And I'm here to help you and want you to be that way. You know, if I were, if I ever get wed again, then the husband's head of the home, just like Deborah and Lapidoth, they can have equal yokes, you know, equal yokes, equally fine-tuned in certain areas, but not the same call and Deborah went out to minister to the men in the gates of the city of the nation as a judge went out to war with a as a prophet Deborah but she came home and was her loving husband Lapidoth cherished weaker vessel not simpler stupider vessel but just a different you know they parked their mantles at the door and got along and enjoyed being happily married wed you know wed so there are many fine-tuning answers if you need to know, especially apostles, turf, prophet, turf, that's my turf, lowercase letters. We're not going to put you on a pedestal. We're not going to make you a celebrity. This is about God and being sent and chosen. My ministry office began many years ago, decades ago, and it was formed in secret and also in fiery trials, many of them, long-term prison circumstances. But I can tell you, I've never had so much joy and fun in ministry in my life. And it was after I quit the systems and needing the approval or respect of any of these people who are posturing, achieving, playing the game. I do not play games. We don't want to play games, do we? We want Jesus Christ to get his good name out there and have people really want to accept him. And we really want to just be a friend of God. And if we're a friend of God and hang out with God long enough in the secret place, we're going to want to help somebody. We're going to want to give a word of the Lord, comfort somebody, befriend somebody, feed somebody, do somebody. That's ministry. I go back to say, let's reconstitute repackaging ministry, fellowshipping with the saints in a short form, because I already taught on this. I would say Isaiah 1. Isaiah 61 is the role model for being called a minister. That's a ministry call. Isaiah 56, 7 is the fruit of a real fellowship without being under the law, micromanaging everybody. So when I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, because he gave me uh, Ephesians 2, 19 and 20 in 1996 when I formed the, God wanted me, he gave me a vision over a period of time, a, a download, a time of his glory revealing. He gave me a, the International Fellowship of Foundational Ministries, which later I made into a, a, non, a non-profit 5013C at the leading of the Lord. But in Texas, I was so fed up as a prophetic act, I put it down. But the Ephesians call ties in with what I'm talking about. It says that God gives his word to build the church through the teaching of the apostle and prophet, of which I am both. And then chief, the chief cornerstone is Christ. So I have been around the turf, the leader turf, long enough to be able to impart 
to be seasoned and also get advice, but not a part of the ministry template or system. There's a lot of you out there who know that is needed a fill in the gaps between some of the really good teaching that's needed, mighty teaching that's proven, and maybe a few tweaks. And mine is the tweak area. The niche ministry is me. And I believe in, I'm for the born-again community, whether you don't speak in tongues, whether you do, whether you're black, whether you're brown, whether you're white. It doesn't matter. I want to be led of the Lord, but it's servant leadership, no big eyes. So we're for the body. We're on Christ's team. We're a resource in whenever you need us, but not until then. Divine appointment is our kind of ministry, down-to-earth, relatable uh, stir you up, give you the word of the Lord or not, whatever God wants, everybody is different. Whatever the day is, he'll tell you. So please call me up or, or email me at dfwleader at, at gmail.com. We are on the North South Carolina border and we can Zoom, we can WhatsApp, anywhere in the country. And I do, if I counsel a leader who counsels other male or female, give you the word of the Lord in counseling. I do have a fee, a set fee, and it's not big, just a little fee, but it's just because I have to have a tent maker side. I'm in a new place we're setting up, but I have a tender heart for ministries. Even though I might talk fierce is because they're that some of these people are slow to discern in ministry in the Christian because they've been raised rough. They haven't repented. They've never been taught right. Their TV products they're sort of easily moved by winds of doctrine at the grassroots level. And we think, you know, there's no sin that is too big or great that God can't mend it and heal it and forgive it and start all over, including myself, anything I've been through in my life. So I am a reprover at God's leading. I am a discerner and I am a lifelong Mary Hart, a follower of Jesus Christ. And I love him, and I praise him, and I give him honor, and I praise all of you that are true people. Stay in the course, picking up your cross every day, following him, sticking it out no matter what, through thick and thin, through heaven or hell, and high water, Holy Spirit or not. We are four to the body of Christ. We are on his team. We're just here to fill in the gaps. Last thing, my name is Tavo, D-R-C, Tavo, D-R-C is the name, and as I asked the Lord, Lord, if you call me to be an apostle, one of your lowercase a servant leader apostles in my life, then who am I sent to? Because the apostle is sent, a sent messenger. So I said, you know, Lord, about eight years ago, 10 years ago, I said, Lord, if Paul is sent to the Gentiles and Peter was sent to the Jews, whom, who is this office being sent to? And the Lord answered back. He said, you're sent to the slacks wearers. And I laughed. I thought, that's right. I'm always out with men and women. And I know the popular culture. So my idea, you know, the Lord didn't tell me, but my, I thought, well, why not to the people with dre that only believe in wearing dresses? And I, I just realized, you know what it is? They already have the fear of the Lord. They already know this. So anyway, God is good. His mercy and does. It's going to be well. Regard what God says to you, and if you do it, and if you know it, God, is, it will be well with you. Well done, some of you, or many of you. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord, okay? And I am, and I will. This is Tavo DRC, Dr. T, signing off 
for now at the headquarters of equal opportunity, real respect for the office of every human made in God's image no matter if they're a believer or not, or never want to be, if they're black or white, Republican or Democrat, red state, blue state, green state, purple state, whatever, mistake. <laughs> God bless you. Bye-bye.